Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm Dan Todd. We've got a great show today. The theme today is Whose Rights Are Right? Uh Uh-oh, Cheryl. (laughs) At home, I know that you're right. What are we talking about here? Wow, I that that worked out beautifully for me. I, I that that was quick, right? At home, I'm right. Can we we have that recorded now? That's on air. Well, I I, I don't see how it was anything other than that. <laughs> You're just a smart man. That's what yes, it is. I am. That's how we've made stayed married 31 years. Well, the the reason for uh, the title today, whose rights are right? Well, it's also our Independence Day show. So I started thinking about, you know, way back when, and of course, the British felt like, you know, we have a right to everything that we have been supporting in America, but then the colonists felt like, no, we have a right to our independence. So I just started thinking about, well, whose rights are right, and how does that translate into today's world? And uh, today's guests, which you'll you'll tell everybody who our guests are in a minute, but They are all individually involved in some effort to protect or defend or reclaim all of our Second Amendment rights. But among our list today are people who are politicians who have us believe that our enemies, you know, that that our our enemies are each other, right? And that we're completely incompatible. Um, I don't know that I agree with that. One of our our guests is a, a Democrat. And I think the politicians are doing everything they can to be sure that we're mortal enemies. But yet, we, we like each other. Go figure that, right? I, I think we'll find it interesting how much we really do agree on once we see each other as people first and not labels. It behooves political organizations for we the people to be divided and polarized because they hope that our eyes and our dependents will turn to them to help solve our differences the very differences that the politicians stirred up in the first place. So keep your wits about you. Keep your mind and your heart open and join us as we talk to people about whose rights are right. Well, we're going to start the show with Frank Minitor. He's an investigative journalist, contributor to Forbes. He's NRA's America's First Freedom and many other sites and publications and is the author of the book, the future of the gun. That's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I got to meet him in person in Pennsylvania when I was there uh, a couple weeks ago. Great guy. Now we have Laura Smith. She's an attorney and is vice president of the Liberal Gun Club of California. First of all, a gun club in California. I know. And that there is a gun club of liberal Democrats. It's so it's really interesting. The reason that I, I met Laura is because she's a participant in the D.C. project that we'll be uh, partaking in a week or so from now. And uh, she was I was writing some stuff on Facebook, and she reached out, and she goes, you know what, I, 
I am a unicorn. You might be interested in my story. And I'm like, a unicorn? What, what are you talking about? And she says, I am a liberal Democrat and a gun owner. I'm like, yeah, you are someone I want to talk to. So well, she's great. How great is that? Because we're going to be able to talk to somebody and, and understand and, and what their thinking is. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Then we have it. Todd Justice. He's a CEO of National Academy of Outdoor Survival and host of the Wilderness AZ. Into the Wilderness yep. AZ. It's a radio show. And we're going to talk about what type of guns to carry when you're out in the desert, out in the forest, just having a good time. Yeah, a lot of people are going to be out camping and, right. and all kinds of hunting and not probably not hunting over the 4th of July, right? But hiking, I guess I meant to say. And uh, what is the common denominator of outdoors people? Uh, firearms. Right. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that with Todd a little bit. We also have on our second hour, Laura Carno. She's a political strategist setting straight the relationship between citizens and their government. She is a founder of I Am Created Equal and the author of Government Ruins Nearly Everything. That's a great book. And I, I love the title. Nearly, though? <laughs> We're going to ask. I know you specifically want to ask her. Why, why did you choose the word nearly? It's How probably come? just that one thing, right? <laughs> well, Everything we'll ask that one thing. I'm going to. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And then we have Scott Levin. He's the organizer of Shots Heard Around the World Day. Mm-hmm. So that has to do with when the Revolutionary War started on April 19th. And, uh, you know, it's funny, our wedding anniversary is April 20th. And oh, that was a shot heard around the world. <laughs> for sure. And, you know, I didn't realize for a long time, I hadn't put those two things together for a long time. But it's like, there's got to be a joke in there somewhere. I know, I know there is. So anyway, I'm very excited about our show and to talk to everybody about whose rights are Right. And then, of course, at the end of our second hour, we always have our responsibly armed citizen report. And today we're going to talk about the ultimate, the ultimate responsibly armed citizen event, should I say? I don't know. You're going to have to stick around and see where I'm going with that. And, of course, we've got Dan's tip of the week. I might be able to get out of that again today. We got out of it last week. <laughs> Well, that was because our guest, I mean, we had barely scratched the surface in our first interview, and uh, then by the time we wrapped up, even by giving up the time that we normally spend on our Responsibly Armed Citizen and Dan's Tip of the Week, we still had several things we wanted to cover, so we'll we'll definitely... Well, keep me on the side just in case, right? Yeah, yeah. It was Todd Rathner, and we were talking about um, NFA, Freedom Alliance, so NFA guns are... are National Fire Amp, uh, machine guns, silencers, suppressors, things like that. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot to cover on that. We hope to do a a bigger show with that Mm -hmm. eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of things happened this week. The uh, votes got uh, knocked out on the, that Obama uh, introduced to Congress. And that was a good thing that they all got overruled. But, you know, they're talking about that people that are on the no-fly list shouldn't be allowed to purchase a gun. And I'm not necessarily against that, but what is this no-fly list, and who should be on the list, and who shouldn't be on the list, and if somebody is shouldn't be on the list that's on the list, what do we do about that? I mean, we're taking away somebody's rights, mm-hmm. and you know they they even talked about okay, so if somebody is um, accused and on the list that 
you can go to court and get your name taken off the list. But now we question how long does that take? A month? Six months? A year? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do we have time to wait for that? Mm -hmm. Don't we have rights every day? Mm -hmm. Or or do we only have rights sometimes? Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. Even the way you phrase that, I I think sometimes we... We get the the series of events a little a little mixed up because you know you said Obama brought right. these bills in front of Congress, so it was the Senate that was voting on some bills, right? And he called on Congress to get to do bills. something, right? right? Yeah, I, I, and I so, didn't say that and wrong. so, but what what I'm thinking is, so we really the reason we phrase it that way and the reason it hits our brain that way is because it feels like at least the Democratic side of the Senate is working for the president rather than working for the people. Right. They're supposed to represent us. And so, um, you know, maybe all of their constituents are calling them and saying, this is exactly what I want you to do. And, and yes, I support you sitting down on the carpet of the, the Senate building. Um, maybe. But it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't appear that way. But um, I'm hoping we can talk to Frank Minitor a little bit about that. Um, he's going to be our first guest in our first hour because he is a journalist and he he does follow this stuff and he try he's a, a gun person. He loves his Second Amendment, all of that, but he tries to maintain the neutrality that we think we get in our journalists. But I, for the most part, I think that's I think that's a bygone era uh, of journalists not spewing their own opinion or spewing a political agenda on behalf of someone else. Um, But Frank tries really hard to do that. Well, I'm thinking, you know, a year ago before I really got, or a couple years ago before I really got more involved in politics, I used to think, okay, Republicans like guns and all Democrats don't like guns. And I'm learning, you know, talking with people, having conversations in the store, there's a lot of Democrats that come into our store and buy guns. Mm -hmm. And so rather than hate Democrats and don't want to talk to them, I love them and I want to talk to them. I want to learn what they are thinking. I want to understand what they're thinking because conversations, if you you shut somebody out, you're not going to get anywhere. But by having conversations and being able to talk, then I learn so much more. I mean, there's some Democratic ways that I agree with. But when it comes to rights, nobody should be allowed to take my rights away. And I'm not going to vote for anyone that's going to take my rights away. Well, and so I don't have a lot of time to cover this, but there was an article that John R. Lott had written. And um, he is called The Dirty Secret About the Four Senate Gun Control Bills. It was written on June 20th of 2016. And the thing that really jumped out at me is on page two. And he's talking about the error rate for... Uh, background checks mm-hmm. and so he's saying so if the background check system is this bad and I'll tell you what I mean by that then then how would we expect this no fly no buy list to be any better and he breaks it down to the total error rate for background checks somebody that walks in a gun store fills out a 4473 we call it into Nick's as a gun store uh, as a FFL holder 99% of the time they say it's a bad person or it's not a sale that we can make 99% of the time they are wrong. So he's saying it's one thing to stop a felon. It's another thing to stop someone who has maybe a similar name to a felon. Um, so it's a very interesting article. Uh, he talks about how, you know, if the federal government did background checks the same way that private companies do, maybe we'd 
we'd have a point there. Maybe we'd be able to move into that. And he said, and on the reverse, if private companies had the error rate that the federal government did, they would be sued out of existence. Attorneys would like that, wouldn't they? They would. So, all right, we'll stick around because, like I said, we have an awesome lineup of guests. Uh, Our theme today is Whose Rights Are Right? And our next guest coming up, our first guest coming up, is Frank Miniter, an investigative journalist, a contributor to Forbes. He writes for the NRA, America's First Freedom, and many other sites and publications. He's also the author of the book, The Future of the Gun. Stick around. Proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me. And I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. They come to America. They come to America. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. Sponsored by AZ Firearms, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Today our theme is Whose Rights Are Right? And we have an interesting array of guests from a variety of backgrounds and political persuasions. Our first guest would take an hour to induce properly with his long list of accomplishments, Frank Miniter. He's an investive journalist contributor to Forbes, NRA's America's First Freedom, and many other sites and publications, and the author of the book, The Future of the Gun. Hey, Frank, are you with us? 
I sure am. Thanks for having me here. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for coming on. I am so excited, and I wish that I could read all of your accomplishments, but seriously, we would be here for the rest of the day. You are a busy, busy dude. You write for, like, everybody. Oh, please. I'm already blushing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's the truth, and it was exciting that I got to meet you in person. Uh, We were in uh, Pennsylvania a couple weeks ago for the the NSSF Summit, and... uh, you were speaking on, I loved the topic, uh, the title of your topic. You said, how to use the media, like, to protect our rights and get the word out about, you know, um, Second Amendment issues and that, without getting used. So, <laughs> and right on the heels of the Katie Couric thing, I was like, I'm riveted. I am here. I am listening. I have a pen in my hand. Well, right. I find myself in a lot of those scenes with the mainstream media people. And the, the bias, is usually based on ignorance that I find with them, is... Well, it's stupefying, and I, and I thought it was time that I had the chance to explain that to some of the gun communities so that they know how to deal with them and work with them, because there is positive things they can get if they work with them in the right way. Absolutely. And uh, so let's just start a little bit with, did you grow up with guns? Like, what is your background, and how did you get to be so knowledgeable that you could be in these arenas and, and talk intelligently about firearms? Yeah, I, I grew up a hunter. I mean, very normal uh, background uh, for, for a lot of us. Um, where I had a, a Model 870 Wingmaster hanging over my bed when I was 10 years old. Uh, to me, that was just a very normal thing. And that's astounding to some people when you tell them that today, that how could you possibly, in this age of, <laughs> of mass killers and all this, you know, grow up in that way. And, you know, I grew up about 80 miles north of New York City, but I was still in that culture. And that culture is still across America, as you know, but that astounds the mainstream people. They don't get that. And they don't get that guns can be tools and, and, and tools of freedom and tools for hunting and so on. They just see them as something that's powerful and dangerous. It's so true. And you just wrote an article uh, Monday, June 20th called Stop the Inescapable Epidemic of Lies. And it's, I mean, it's a very powerful um, title uh, and fitting, I believe. But you're talking about your neighbors. You've got some new neighbors who are really... They just cannot figure out what box to put you in, sir. <laughs> you know, they're nice people. They're well-educated people. Uh, they're from Brooklyn. They're from New York City. And they decided to move up to a town with, with one stoplight. And then they find they have this neighbor who writes for the National Rifle Association and Forbes and all this, and who has taxidermy in his office and, and that whole thing. Yet I'm, I'm well-educated and well-traveled and uh, written bestsellers and all this kind of stuff. And I, I can talk to them about my flower beds or uh, local politics or whatever's going on. And they just... They can't believe I'm supposed to be a, a ignorant, crazy redneck. I'm not supposed to um, have a wife that teaches at an esteemed university and to have this background that I do and all this. I, I don't fit the stereotype they've been taught the New York Times that I'm supposed to have. So their eyes are being opened. They're, they're, they're just very ignorant. In fact, their first night there, and I wrote about this in the article, the first night there they heard gunshots, the first evening, and they called the police. Well, what it was is a half mile away from them across this woodlot was a gentleman who built his own little sporting clays range, and he likes to shoot. He's a nice guy. I've met him. Uh, they called the police because they thought there was a shootout going on. The cops showed up, listened to the sh- shots being fired, and said, well, uh, welcome to the country. Yeah, that's just Joe, you know, doing what Joe does on a Monday night. It's no big deal, right? Right, there's 100 million gun owners in this country, and we're not, we're not sociopaths. You know, we're not, we're not crazed people. Uh, it's a part of our lifestyle and a part of our freedom. So when they, when they found out he's just a guy shooting trap in his backyard, did that scare them, or did they understand and go, oh, that's cool? Well, they were mystified, because actually they don't know what sporting clays is. 
Okay. So it took a little <laughs> education. And I have offered to take them to, to my club. I always offer. And, uh, I'm rarely taken up on it, unfortunately, but I always offer to people like that because it's great to teach people and show them and have them drop that fear of, of what they're looking at and, and to look at it from a different perspective. You know, So hopefully eventually they'll take me up on it. But it did take a while. And it, when deer season came, they, and they, I've become a friendly uh, force to them. They came to talk to me because they're afraid deer hunters are going to start shooting their house and their dogs oh, and everything. Right, you know, right. so they're just that type. They don't know, and yeah. they have to learn. And I right. think that's the big divide we see in our media today. They often don't know, and they're not trying to learn and understand what a huge portion, I mean, more than half of America understands. And that's the thing that is really astounding to me is, you know, just even any of the politicians, but when the president of the United States can't even get the proper terminology it's like, are you trying to say things incorrectly? Where are your fact checkers? You would think that he would at least want to outsmart his enemy as far as not giving us that kind of ammunition that, you know, he said something like in his latest speech, you know, the, the bad guy in Orlando had a Glock that took a bunch of clips. Yeah. Well, what, what do you even say? What does that mean? You heard a bunch of words and you just threw them together, you know? He doesn't actually understand he's being that stupid. That's so I mean, frustrating. The White House thought that, that shot of him shooting that shotgun was well orchestrated. I mean, no. it was one choke and one of the, it, 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 in no way, shape, or form, the way he handled that gun uh, did it mimic a real shooting scenario. But he just didn't understand that. You know, it seems to me like if we would take, if you take a person that's never fired a gun before that's sort of anti-gun or on the fence, and you take them shooting, they enjoy it, and they get a different perspective about firearms not that many turn stay stay on the bad side after they fought, uh, shot some guns. So um, I, I think it's great that we introduce people that never fired into the shooting sports. It's just hard to get them out there. I, I offer media members all the time, and a few have taken me up on it over the years. Mm-hmm. And those I've taken to the range, and we've gone through the safety protocols, and I teach them how to fire a gun safely and go through the whole process. And then they shoot. Yeah, they have a very good time and a very different then view of gun ownership. Um, and that's happened to some extent. Like the National Shooting Sports Foundation for a while had a program. They were taking journalists out, and they had a lot of traction out of that. And the Congressional Sportsman Foundation has done a great job of taking congressmen out to shoot. That's a big part of the underlying reason of how a lot of congressmen's minds got changed. It's that real-world experience. It does change minds, but it is hard to get them out there in the first place. No, I think that's wonderful. And so, you know, you are in the media. You are a journalist, and I think that you work hard to – Tell the truth, be true to uh, who you are and, and what you believe is the right, you know, that our constitutional rights need to be protected. But you still maintain a level of journalistic integrity. You know, everything you say is an, an automatic uh, manipulation tactic. But there's a lot of media people out there that, that don't operate that way. So here I am, the public, right? Let's say I'm Joe Public or I'm your new neighbors. How can I better engage with the news stories I hear on TV or in my newspaper so that I can start to pick out, wait, is, is this thing manipulating me or is this really giving me news? Yeah, when I talk to someone like that, I begin by asking them some questions. And I, I ask them how they feel about guns. And I, I do that for a reason. And I want them, because it's emotion, most of the reason is based on, they don't really know. It's, it's ignorance and it's emotion. It's a, a feeling of fear uh, they have with that whole issue. So, but getting them to say that and getting it to come out and answer that question, whatever way they do, it invests them in the discussion, and, and suddenly they're out there on the table with you uh, talking about this, and they're in there. They're not just out from the side judging you. 
So then you brought them in, you talked to them, and I asked them to judge the news as they see it in that same kind of way. You know, how does, why does it make you feel that way? And really question that. And let me give you some sources and some places where you can begin to find the other side of the argument for what's really going on. I mean, if, there, if the average American gun owner really, was really a crazed lunatic or is the stereotype that the New York Times portrays them as, uh, then you'd have 100 million of them out there. Wouldn't America be a much crazier place than it is? I mean, wouldn't it be a much less safe place? Um, don't you understand that most of the gun crimes are, unfortunately, they're taking place in the cities where the gun control is the most severe? Why is that? Once you begin to ask those questions, you go down that path, then they, they have that aha moment where the light starts to shine on them. I, I love that. And, you know, I have to ask you, um, what did you think of all this sitting on the Senate floor stuff? After they had the vote that they were asking for, and then they acted like that never happened, and they're still asking for the vote, and they're sitting on the Senate floor. What did, what did you think of that? Yeah, right in the House of Sit-In. Uh, what drove me crazy about that is they threw good solutions out. I mean, the problem is within the FBI. The FBI runs the National Criminal Incident Background Check System, and they're the ones that didn't inform themselves that this person who used to be on Mother Terror Watch List went to buy a gun. Well, they, what you're really saying is the FBI needs to talk to the FBI. And the bills coming from the Republican side, Grassley's bill and so on, were addressing that real issue, whereas the Democrats' bill... It was a completely different thing. They wanted to take rights by taking blacklists, you know, no-fly lists and so on, that we can't know who's on them, and for good reason we shouldn't know who's on them. But the government wants to take these blacklists to then take away constitutionally protected rights, a specific right protected in the Constitution, not just the Second Amendment, but in this case the Fifth Amendment, because this is also about due process. Man, you know, I just, it, it takes so many layers of people focusing and tuning in and, and really paying attention that I, I think that's why so much just washes over the public but um we are almost out of time already but i want to be sure that people know uh how do they follow you what uh what new books do you have coming out you know what's going on with you oh my next book is a fun one it's called this will make a man of you and what i did was i, I chased hemingway from paris uh where he, he spends his time in the cafes learning to write and all that to pamplona where uh they still run when the streets with with uh, fighting bulls and i spent a bunch of years going to that festival and running with the bulls and doing all that and got to know this really neat uh, group of people that still do that, um, still follow that whole Hemingway path. And as I did that, I questioned what really makes men, what creates men, or what's supposed to create men into what they're supposed to be. Um, and I found that there's actually real rites of passage that do it, and there's underlying reasons under that that the book gets, gets into, but in a very fun way. So it's called This Will Make a Man You, and it'll be out this fall. Man, I can't wait to read that. That sounds awesome. So on a daily basis, what's the best way for people to stay tapped into what you're writing and, and where you're writing things? Well, my, my two main outlets are America's First Freedom, which you can go to AmericanFirstFreedom.org, um, and I do two columns a week there. And I also do a column a week for Forbes. You can go to Forbes.com and, and see what I'm writing about there. But I write, about, I write for a lot of people in a lot of places. Um, you can also find me at FrankMinister.com, um, or you can go to Amazon.com and see all my books. Fantastic. Frank, thank you so much for coming on. i got to have you back on again in the future. Oh, anytime. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Bye-bye. All right. Well, stick around because coming up next, we have a Democrat, a liberal Democrat, a liberal Democrat who is a gun owner, and a liberal Democrat who's a gun owner who is the vice president of the Liberal Gun Club. What the heck is going on out here? Anyway, we're very excited. Stick around. We want to introduce you to our next guest right after this.
Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy, and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. Sponsored by AZ Firearms, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Today our theme is, Whose Rights Are Right? And our next guest is a liberal Democrat who is also a supporter of the Second Amendment. Truth be told. Laura is a lawyer, a former anti-gunner, and is now the vice president of the California chapter of the Liberal Gun Club a national organization which seeks to ensure and educate liberal voice in debates on gun control and the Second Amendment. Are you with us, Ms. Laura? I am here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much for, for reaching out and making me aware that there are such strange unicorns out there in the world, such as yourself, <laughs> for taking the time to come <laughs> on our show. I really appreciate you having me on, and yes, we jokingly refer to ourselves as unicorns, but uh, there's more of us than you would suspect. With 310 million approximately guns in America, we know that at least a sizable amount of them have to be going to Democrats, and in fact, nearly a third of Democrats admit to being gun owners. You know, and we know that even in our store, AZ Firearms, we're a small mom and pop's uh, gun shop just a little west of Phoenix, that we do have people that shop in our store who are liberal-leaning, who are Democrats, who are part of the LGBT community, who are part of, of minority groups that normally would vote Democrat. But for some reason, the politicians just really they don't want to acknowledge that, and they want to try to make sure that, that people like you and people like me don't like each other, right? 
But guess, guess what? I do like you. So now what do we do? <laughs> well, hopefully what we do is we have conversations like this and we find the ground that we agree on. You know, I really don't understand that drive, um, especially from politicians, to put a wedge in between uh, Democrats and Republicans. If you think about it, gun rights ought to be a liberal cause. We tend to be the ones who are saying, hey, we support the whole Constitution. Hey, we're the ones who want... You know, we want civil rights for everybody. We want this to apply to everyone. You know, I mean, that's the the Democratic banner. But somehow the Second Amendment gets left out of that a lot. It's so true. You know, I was just recently, I I was posting something on Facebook, and I have an active uh, group of chatty friends, and they they reply back to the things that that I wrote. And, you know, somebody (coughs) mentioned that, you know, the ACLU should be a, a supporter of the Second Amendment because their whole point is to support uh, civil rights. And I, I got to thinking about it. It's like, you know what? I, I never thought about that. But I know they they really don't support the Second Amendment, but they really should. And isn't that interesting? I don't I don't really have a, you know, a, the, my logic train and my thought train doesn't really, I haven't built a lot of track there yet. But it was just a, one of those, those huh moments for me. Well, and, and one of the interesting things about what the ACLU does support is, is they've been pretty vocal um, in objecting to this idea of uh, removing guns and um, from the terrorist watch list without some sort of due process. Mm. They have actually spoken out on that. So while I'd say it's not one of their uh, top action items for sure, you know, they do sometimes show up on, on the right side of the issue there. Mm-hmm, for sure. You know, um, you know, Dan's got a question for you, and I, I think he's chomping at the bit to ask it, so I'm just going to let him yeah, run Laura, with this you one. know, I, I deal with a lot of people that come in the shop, and, and we do talk to quite a few Democrats, and I really enjoy having the conversations. It's not, you're right, I'm wrong, but it's just more of trying to understand both sides of the story. And I'm looking at right now, you know, we have only two choices for president. We have um, Trump and we have Hillary. And I'm confused that if, if you're a gun lover, I mean, if you really like guns, you don't have to love them, I guess, but like them. And Hillary says that she wants to have the same kind of laws that Australia has, which is confiscation of all the guns. How, how does that make, what does that make you, how does it, you feel about that? I find it really frustrating. Uh, and I'd say a lot of Democrats are really frustrated with that. And um, that's, one of the reasons that I'm going to uh, Washington, D.C. actually next week as part of the D.C. project, we're a nonpartisan group of women who want to put a new face on gun ownership for lawmakers and to say, hey, look, you know, you keep talking about these issues. I mean, you know, my legislators talk about Australia and the Australia model just doesn't work in the U.S. for so many reasons. Right. As a lawyer, I, I I hear that argument, and I just sit there and say, oh, that doesn't work. That doesn't make sense. Um, You know, we have a candidate on one hand who's saying, um, you know, I I like the Australia model, and uh, the NRA is my enemy. And on the other hand, we have a candidate who, frankly, scares me just as much because (laughs) I'm worried that he's going to put me on a watch list Mm. because I'm... I've spoken out against him. I, I deplore his racism. I deplore his his statements that 
making a divided America, these ideas that not, neither of them are helping. But I, I've never had an election before where I've had to pick my constitutional rights. I know. Right. And, and that's the problem. I'm, I'm not happy about either one of them, but when it comes to my rights, that's first. So I have to go with whoever is going to keep my, I feel it's going to keep my rights. Yeah, we're kind of like a single issue voter, you right. know, because if for us, it's the Constitution comes first, and especially when we're talking about the Second Amendment. But, you know, so I know there are going to be Democrats that are in the same shoes that we're in. Okay, now what do I do? How, who do I vote for if this is, if I'm a single issue voter and it happens to be the Second Amendment? Well, but there's a lot of other people that maybe that, that isn't their their single issue. I feel that if we keep the Constitution the, the, the main thing, we can work all these other things out. If we lose the Constitution, we're not going to be able to work anything out. Well, you and I agree with that. That's for sure. But not everybody does. But, okay, go ahead, Dan. One other thing. You're... I, I'm really jealous of you. You're going to go see Feinstein in D.C.? Uh, I am not meeting with her directly, but I am meeting with a member of her staff who has asked, actually, for a meeting with us to nice. go talk. Uh, you know, it's really interesting. It, it's it's nice to know that, uh, you know, I mean, Feinstein is about as anti-gun as you can find on the Hill. Right. But mm. the fact that they're willing to listen and hear that there's other viewpoints out there. It, it tells me that there's some hope, that mm -hmm. there are people who are willing to say, hey, maybe the NRA and maybe the NSSF, who, by the way, don't share all the same positions, mm -hmm. but are the big powerhouses on the Hill, that they're not the only voice. And, and it's great. And I have to say, it's not only... Um, you know, the, the Democrats that are meeting with us, certainly women from other states, are meeting with their legislators. And I'm really excited to be a part of this and to go out and, and to say, hey, look, I live in the 10th most liberal city in the entire United States. My house looks to the Golden Gate Bridge. Hmm. There are five shooting ranges within, five, within 25 minutes of my house. Really? Yes. I would and, never have guessed that. And they can have guns on it? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be very surprised if you saw what was in my safe. We definitely can have guns in California. Now, you know, my AR has a bullet button on it, and I have 10-round magazines, but I have two. Mm -hmm. We definitely can have guns in California, and people do, and Democrats do. And you can't even get a bench at most of the, the gun ranges here on a Saturday morning. They are just packed. One of the clubs that I'm a member of is actually getting ready to close our membership because it's full. Wow. Well, that's good news. That That is awesome. And I am super excited that you're part of the DC Project and that we're going to get to meet in person in about a week. And that you are you have reached out to the office of... Well, actually, they reached out to you, right, Diane Feinstein? But what about Barbara Boxer? You're meeting with her? I am meeting. I do not know if I'm meeting with her directly. I actually just sent an email to her office this morning. But I have been in communication with them, and we are either meeting with her or her staff. Well, I think that that is showing hope, that at least they're going to have an opportunity to meet with somebody who is... You know, not not some backwoods redneck that, that we get painted as all the time, right? But someone who agrees with her on so many other issues. But then here's this one piece. What can we do about finding some common ground on this one piece? I think that's going to be so powerful. I hope so. And, and it's really nice to have all these voices because, Cheryl, you and I have talked about this. 
You know, there's this idea in the press that Democrats and Republicans hate each other and we don't agree on anything. Mm -hmm. But when we sit down and actually start talking, we find out we do agree on things. We might not agree on how to get there, Mm -hmm. but we both, I mean, certainly you and I both value the Second Amendment. The way I say it to people is, I don't see it as a second-class amendment. I see it as part of the overall Constitution. And there's so many Democrats that do that it would be great to have those voices out there and to be talking with our Republican counterparts who say, hey, you know, we don't agree with everything that our side says either. We agree with the Constitution. Let's talk about what that looks like. I love it. And in the meantime, we we can remind ourselves not to vilify the other side. I mean, I, I normally cringe when I hear people say liptards, you know, stuff like that. That's just that's not intelligent. That's not going to move hearts and minds. And so so I automatically wouldn't do that or or speak like that. But then when I, I have a human being in front of me like yourself and you have me in front of you, I think it helps us to remember, oh, there's there's flesh and blood behind these ideas and and we don't like you said we don't have to automatically take um a polarizing side and cast aspersions at one another um but before we go we've got to start wrapping up tell us more about the liberal gun club like how could somebody get involved in that how do they look that up we are on the web at theliberalgunclub.com we have a very active board Please come read our boards, come talk to us, come learn our ideas, come share yours. We welcome everybody who wants to have a civil discourse. Mm-hmm. We, you know, uh, we're, we're not going to be happy being called libtards, but right. we are going to be happy to hear other ideas, and we care about that. Please come read our boards, come read our blog posts. Anybody can uh, contact us through there, and we are happy to talk to them. And for liberals who don't know uh, very much about guns who want to learn more, I would say that just about anybody in the club would be happy to take you out to the range, educate you about the guns that we own, the sports that we engage in, the activities we engage in, what we care about, and please come learn uh, on all sides. We're happy to have you. I love it. Thank you so much, Miss Laura. I'll see you in about a week. I'm very excited. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Bye-bye. All right. Well, stick around. We still have Todd Justice, who is the CEO of the National Academy of Outdoor Survival and host of the radio show Into the Wilderness AZ, telling us how to go out and enjoy the desert and get home alive right after this. Brought to you courtesy of the red, white, and blue. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com.
And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knoll Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Potty Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at PottyGoldEstate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Cogger sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And that gorgeous rendition of the Star-Spangled Banner that you just heard. Of course, we've changed up our bump music a little bit here because we are getting ready to celebrate Independence Day, and and it wouldn't be complete without the Star-Spangled Banner. But that was from the 2006 Super Bowl, and it was this huge choir of combined voices, the cadets of the Naval Academy, the Air Force Academy, West Point, Coast Guard Academy cadets, and the U.S. Army Herald Trumpet Corps. And so beautiful, so powerful, and uh, I grew up as a, a singer, and I sang the national anthem a lot at our, our high school uh, football games and that sort of thing. And, you know, when you sing the same song over and over, you're tempted to want to throw in some theatrics and some, uh, you know, vocal Olympics and those sorts of things. But I was never a fan of that. I, I was always a purist. I always wanted to let the song speak and the lyrics speak for themselves and so when I hear it performed in the purity that we heard those cadets and the Army Herald Trumpet Corps do it just it warms my heart it, it lifts me up so um, anyway that was a long way around the block but uh, and I have a guest waiting that I'm excited to introduce you to uh, our next guest is Todd Justice Todd is the CEO of the National Academy of Outdoor Survival, and he's the host of a radio show called Into the Wilderness AZ. And of course, with Independence Day coming, people are going to be out in the wilderness. And we wanted to ask Todd, you know, how can you go out and enjoy 
the desert or the mountains or whatever and get home alive. And Todd's been lost himself many years ago, right, Todd? Are you with us? I was. Hey, how are you? Hello, everybody. <laughs> it's great to be on. Absolutely. Yeah, I was actually, I was definitely a statistic, which is what got me into this uh, crazy lifestyle that I live, but always being injured, like last night, but... Oh, hey, yeah, you just, broke uh, your, what did you break this time, your ankle? Uh, my ankle. Oh. I have just been, you know, it's crazy. I was telling the doctor yesterday, she came in and she said, Todd, this is really absolutely absurd. And I'm like... <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> it's funny because her name was Cheryl, too. Oh, God. Todd, you're grounded. I have an interview <laughs> tomorrow morning. I know. It was horrible. Dan, she came in and she said, Todd, you have had more broken bones and stitches in your body in the last seven months than anybody that I've worked on in the past 10 years. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. Yeah, you're the only guy I know that gets stitches so that he can have fishing line to go hunting if, or fishing <laughs> if he gets out in the desert. It's a survival tactic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. Well, you know, you're, you're really, you're a busy, busy guy. You're teaching classes all the time. you got your radio show. So, I mean, you know, when you're, when you're using your body more, then it, you're going to injure it more. I guess that's what's going yeah. on, right? And I think what happens is, you know, the only thing that I can relate it to is that when I'm teaching, I kind of, which is sad, the instructor always getting injured. <laughs> I tend to take my focus off myself and I'm paying attention to everybody else. Oh, right. Of course. You know how that is, Dan, when you're teaching something and then you kind of are forgetting about what you're doing. Right. And, you know, we Almost every day, up. the older I get, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Todd, we were so... cutting a pine pitch yeah. up in a mountain, and I was uh, teaching the students how to pull it out of the tree, and all of a sudden I looked down, and there's blood running down my hand and the oh, knife sticking geez. through my thumb. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So, Todd, we're out, right. you know, Fourth of July weekend, people are getting out, you know, so you want to go um, collect pine nuts or you want to go out in the, uh, the desert, what would you take for a firearm that would be easy to carry and be good in case you got lost? Let's talk about that a little bit. You know, and that's a great question, Dan. And it is this time of year. You know, everybody is trying to escape from the heat, and they're going up north. And and what I tell people when they're in the process of selecting a firearm to carry in your backpack, um, obviously you want something that's not going to be so heavy, you know, you've got a 50 caliber sniper rifle in your pack because you're afraid <laughs> of bears. You have to be realistic. And, and one thing that I like to recommend to people is I say, look, study the area. Where are you going to go? You know, 22s, yes, uh, although ammos are, ammo is very hard to get. But the problem with 22 is it's very, very limited on what you're going to be able to defend yourself with and also hunting. I mean, sure, you can get small game. But in a survival scenario, a 22 to me is kind of useless. And a lot of people ask, well, why? I say, you know what? My number one go-to choice, and this is me. I can carry a very heavy pack, and I do. But for me personally, is a 12-gauge. And there's a couple reasons why I choose a 12-gauge as my go-to survival gun. Ammo is readily available at any little shop I run into in any little dump town. Hmm. You know, you can get two three, two and three-quarter shells everywhere. Three-inch magnums might, might be a little more difficult. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of a 12-gauge is you can load them up. You can load them down. I can put, you know, eight shot in there and, and hunt birds and, and 
stuff and I can put buckshot in there and hunt ducks and geese or I can put a slug in there and drop a deer. Or it's a great personal defense weapon inside your tent. So hmm. that is by far my, my go-to gun would be a 12-gauge. And I use I have a Mossberg 500 that I personally like. I, I love the 870s, the Remington 870s. Uh, but the Mossberg, for me, I've got the built-in flashlight where you squeeze it on the end. It's just perfect for me. i got the lighting capabilities. Um, so, yeah, it's... And then I tell people, well, well if I'm going to go with a sidearm, I, I definitely don't want something, again, that's going to be too small to do any good. If there are black bears, which are smaller than what people in Montana are faced with, the grizzlies, I still want something that's going to get rid of that that you know, that threat, mm -hmm. and uh, which is why my go-to sidearm is a forty-five. Uh, the reason I choose a forty-five is I've got, obviously, huge knockdown power, and I've got a, a larger capacity than a revolver. Um, you know, the forty-five I carry as a Glock, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting more than six rounds in a revolver. So um, all the times that you've been out hunting, hunting or, you know, survival stuff, what is the biggest threat? What type of, of a varmint or is it a snake or what is your biggest threat that you might encounter when you're out trekking? You know, around? I would say in Arizona, it's mountain lions. They're really? sneaky. Yeah, they're sneaky. Bobcats and mountain lions, without a doubt. I've had, I've had mountain lions destroy my campsite. Mm. I've never had, I've had one encounter in all the years, 30 years of doing what I do. And, you know, and I go very deep into the wilderness. Mm -hmm. I'm not in a remote, I'm not in, you know, standard campsites like Alpine and stuff like that up at Woods Canyon Lake. I'm the guy that's way back in off the beaten path, very remote, secluded areas. I've only had one bear encounter, and that was strictly my fault. I left food laying out. Mm. Um, it was the dead of the summer, which is now, mm -hmm. and the bears are hungry. The food is limited. Water's limited, so... I tell people to, you know, prepare your campsite and do things at night. If you're going to do a remote area and you can bring some uh, monofilament fishing line and you don't have to take it out of your stitches like I do, <laughs> but you can bring some uh, monofilament fishing line and some empty soda cans and you just do a quick perimeter around your campsite. And what that is is a little pre-warning, Dan. Mm -hmm. What I like to do, it's just like home fortification. Mm -hmm. You're fortifying your campsite to give you a little pre-warning if there is an intruder, a coyote, a bobcat, a mountain lion, a bear, or even kite, you know, some of the smaller game um, that comes in. We had porcupines come into our campsite. Oh, golly. So, well, it's a great idea to do that, to just fortify your campsite. We're, we're coming up to our, our hour break, and I just wanted to ask you, of course, we wanna, want you to tell people how to hear your show because you've got so much information to share about uh, survival and how to build the perfect fire and, and that sort of thing. Um, but when you were talking about, you know, you like to carry a Glock, you like to carry a forty five because it's uh, superior to a, a revolver because there's more ammunition you can carry. But what about if it, you drop it in dirt or mud? What What's your options there? Well, then I've got a knife. I always carry a knife. You know, the thing that I do love about a Glock is you can drag them through, hell and back, and they, and they do perform. Um, the, 
the problem that I have, though, is if you, I'm always a what if guy. You know, mm-hmm. if I lose my big lighter, I have ways to make fire by grabbing sticks. Right. Same thing. If I lose my, lose my weapon, my firearm, I have a knife on me or I have a smaller sidearm in my boot. I always carry a concealed boot carry um, firearm. That's a smaller caliber. That's only a thirty-eight. Perfect. All um, right. Well, we have just barely given you a sample of what you can hear if you tune in 6 p.m. on Saturdays to KKNT 92.6, 96.2. Which one is it? 92, yeah. Yeah, 92.6 a.m. And uh, tune in to Todd's show. It is called Into, Into the, the Wilderness AZ. And we're actually moving, moving. So, um, Ooh. Well, yeah, they can find you online in the meantime, right? Yeah. It's going to be Into the Wilderness USA now. So Ooh. actually the KKNT is finished. Oh, wow. Oh, news. Yeah. We got to hear news on this yeah. show. Yeah. This Breaking is, news. Yeah. Where are you going to? I'm coming over to Star Worldwide Network. Oh, Fantastic. Oh, I yeah, love it. We'll get to... It's going to be, yeah, Into the Wilderness USA now. We already got the domain, the website, and we're doing the switch over. But that's going to be in July. So Fantastic. Well, we have to... KKNT is finished now. Okay. So. We have to wrap up. But thank you so much, Todd, and we'll be seeing you around the studio then real soon. Yeah, any questions, just have people get a hold of me at nationalacademyofoutdoorsurvival.org, and I'll answer any questions regarding camping. Perfect. All righty. All right. Thank you. Thanks so much. Bye now. Yep. Stick around for our second hour of Gun Freedom Radio. America! Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is in Old Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Um...